Hey, non-plus listeners, if you're a craft beer fan, have we got the app for you. Tavor, it's the app for fans of craft brews and trying new and exciting labels. It's so cool. Snag the app from your iOS or Android app store, browse the current list of hard-to-find 100% independent beers, and add them to your personalized crate, or enroll in the subscription, and Tavor will handpick the highest-rated beers that suit your taste. There's no minimums or commitments, and if you're selecting the beers for yourself, you pay as you choose, and then request delivery whenever you're ready. Again, there's no monthly limit or minimum that you need to hit, and a flat rate shipping doesn't change with the size of your crate. As many beers as you want, same price to ship. Tavor posts a 100% independent community, over 650 featured breweries from 47 states, and over 7,000 beers tasted. That's nuts. Yeah, you can download Tavor today and try it for yourself. Just use the code NONPLUS at checkout for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Again, download Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your app store and use the code NONPLUS for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. There's no way. Those rats are blanched. Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) Did she say my name? Blanche? That's supposed to be Blanche Devereaux? Yeah. Good job, honey. I tried. (laughs) I just wanted to try something new. That was all. To another episode of Nonplussed, a gay rom through the Disney Plus vault. That is my husband Clancy, and over there is my husband Josh. And we are Nonplussed, a mischief media podcast. Hello, hi, hello, honey. Hi, honey. How you doing? I'm pretty good. Good. Some fun Disney Plus stuff. There's that Star Wars: The Bad Batch coming. It's a spinoff of Clone Wars. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, it's like a group of um, clone troopers doing their own thing yeah they also uh delayed the falcon and the uh winter soldier yeah yeah. some of the marvel stuff coming to disney plus they delayed and i mean honestly if if things were in post and you know they need time to work on it or whatever and i don't know i don't know they probably they probably had more to do and and or they know that the movies aren't going to come out for a minute and this is yeah. like the worst case scenario of tying those things to the movies. It could be that. Before we go in, uh, be sure to check out mischiefmerch.com. The pride line's still up. You can still get your gay stuff. Yes. They also recently launched a whole bunch of coffee mugs for all of your fam- favorite mischief media podcasts, including ours. including ours. But also, yeah, there's just a t-shirt and a coffee mug up there for nonplus. What do you want to see? If you want to see some stuff, shoot us an email suggestions at uh, nonpluspod.com. Yes, 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 um, yes, 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 yes. let us know because like we're always looking for ideas on stuff like that please and as always all of our research comes from wikipedia and imdb and rotten tomatoes yes i don't think i pulled anything else out well i, I also did some research on uh from pixar's website as well which oh, i'll shit. go over a bit later which is uh they've got some really great stuff there awesome 
Alrighty, what are we talking about this week, Clancy? So we watched a little film about rats called Ratatouille. Yes, Ratatouille. It was released June twenty second, two thousand seven. Directed by Bad Bird. Yep, that Bad Bird. <laughs> it was written by Brad Bird as well, um, Jan Pinkava and Jim Capablanco. Yeah, Capo, close enough. Good Capo job, Bianco. honey. Thank you. I just yes. tried to read that right At off the, the cuff. Capo Bianco. I bet he's gotten that <laughs> his entire life. I know, and it's probably awful. Yes. I'm sorry for butchering your name. Sorry, Jim. Uh, music by Michael Giacchino, probably. Sure. Um, he also did music on The Incredibles and like Speed Racer. Have you ever seen that movie, the live action no, one? No. It's gorgeous. I know that you liked it, but yeah, I, I've yes. never seen it. Um, and he's done the music for all the new Spidey movies. Oh, rad. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's got, yeah, there's a lot of, of, we've enjoyed a lot of his music and I don't think we realized it. Uh, in terms of extras, there were a lot. Yes, there were. Yes. We, we haven't gone through them yet, but uh, there's trailer. There's like the movie as told by emoji. Yeah. Which is the emojis. Like if you've played emoji blitz, I feel yes. like it's the same thing. It is. It absolutely is. Um, there's four different animatics for deleted scenes. Um, there's a little short called fine food and film, and it's got Thomas Keller and Brad bird talking about food. That's Thomas Keller's a, yeah, he's an American chef and he did a lot of the like consulting on this bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a tiny rat cameraman featurette. So yeah, I I don't have any specific memories of Ratatouille. I feel like maybe I saw it in theaters. 2007, I would have just had moved to Austin and graduated college. Yeah, I graduated high school at that point just to <sighs> date how this uh this happened. Oh, this May December relationship. <clears throat> hey. Anyway, on to the cast. Of course, we've got Patton Oswalt as Remy. Fun fact that I saw in a couple places, uh Brad Bird chose Patton after a food related comedy routine, specifically his black Angus bit. Then of course we have Ian Holm as Skinner. He actually passed away in June, June 19th of this year. Yeah. He's, I mean, he was, he was Bilbo in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yes. But yeah, he did a lot of Shakespeare. You've seen him in a lot of movies. He was an alien, uh, but his character design, uh, I read was loosely based on French actor, Louis de Funet. Oh Yeah. We have Lou Romano. He played um, Alfredo Luguini. Yeah, which is a joke on oh my God. Uh, Alfredo Ferrari, son of Mr. Ferrari. Yeah. Enzo Ferrari. Like that was, those are people. But also he's a pasta dish. Well, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, the the Skinner, like there's a lot of that in this movie. Yeah. Um, Brian, good old Brian Dennehy plays uh, Remy's dad, Django. He died in April of this year. Damn it. I know. He was on a lot of stuff. Had too much to list. Like, you'd know who Brian Dennehy is. You've seen him or heard him in something. Yep, yep, yep. Peter Sohn as Emil. Peter O'Toole as Anton Ego. He actually passed away uh, in 2013. Yes. Uh, he was Lawrence of Arabia. Yes, <laughs> he was. Yeah. I think he was Richard in Lion and Winter. He's uh, like long history of Shakespeare um, mm-hmm. and all sorts of, I mean, he's Peter O'Toole. Like what else do you say? Right. Um, but his character design was based on French actor Louis Jouvet. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, next we had Brad Garrett who mm-hmm. plays uh, Auguste Gusteau. That's an anagram. Oh, that's fucking right. His first and last name are anagrams of one another. That's so cute. Isn't that funny? Um, but Brad, of course, is a Disney plus staple. We've covered him twice on this podcast, a bug's life Entangled. Yep. Um, and he's done a whole lot more. And apparently he did some storyboards for one of the cars movies. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Um, and his character is believed to be based on French chef, Bernard Lousseau, Loiseau. 
I didn't take <laughs> French. I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Um, but he died by suicide after rumors that his flagship restaurant, Le Cote d'Or, was going to lose a Michelin star. Jesus. So that's like dark, isn't it dark? Oh, that is dark. Then we've got Janine Garofalo as Colette, who is absolutely fucking delightful in this movie. She really is. And the first, I think I learned after seeing it the first time that it was Jean Garofalo and was very impressed by her accent. And of course, yeah. I mean, she's a Gen X comedy mainstay. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite thing that she's in is Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. We need to watch that again. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, her character is based on Helene Doros, uh, who is a similarly badass real life, uh, lady French chef, um, who has two Michelin stars and three restaurants. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, so do you collect Michelin stars? Is that the way this works? I don't know if it's like Pokemon or if it's like a star chart in kindergarten. Yeah. I didn't look into it too much. And I didn't realize that Will Arnett played Horst. He's the German guy who maybe killed somebody with his thumb. Yes, with this thumb. Yeah, that's Will Arnett. That was, I didn't pick up on that. Me but like, neither. Also, he is the best. He is. You know, He's the host of that show, Lego Masters. Oh my God. If you it, haven't seen that, don't watch the last episode. It's All right. <laughs> <laughs> you Honestly, you could stop watching when the himbos go. Like it's pretty much. Bless their hearts. Um, What else? Julius Callahan as Lalo and Francois James Renner as LaRousse. I don't know why that's why I said that is James. I think it's just because of all the James French yes. that's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> John New- Ratzenberger. Yes. Uh, Pixar main say John Ratzenberger as Mustafa. Teddy Newton plays the lawyer. Uh, Tony Fusil as Pompidou and the health inspector. Jake Steinfeld is get the lab rat. Brad bird uh, is vo- uh, voices. Ambrister minion. He's Antonigo's Butler. Yep. Um, Stefan, Stefan Rue is the narrator in the little documentary at the beginning. Oh, that's cute. And then Thomas Keller, who was like the food advisor or whatever. Mm-hmm. He voices the asshole American who asks for something new. Holy shit. Yes. And he also designed this film's version of Ratatouille. Oh, that's awesome. Like Remy's take on Ratatouille was designed by Thomas Keller. That's so cool. <laughs> All right, you ready to get into it? Yeah, let, let's talk about Ratatouille. Let's join this rat race. Remy is a highly intelligent and idealistic young rat with unusually acute senses of taste and smell who dreams of becoming a chef like his idol, the late Auguste Gusteau. However, the rest of his colony, including his brother Emile and his father Django, are interested in food only for sustenance. One day, Remy and Emil go to retrieve seasoning for some of Remy's food, only to have an encounter with the homeowner. The elderly homeowner accidentally damages her home ceiling whilst trying to kill Remy and Emil with a shotgun, which forces the entire colony to flee. Remy is separated from the clan and eventually finds himself above the kitchen of Gusteau's restaurant in Paris. Accidentally destroys her house? I don't (laughs) fucking think so. I mean, there was intent. I, I, she didn't, she didn't mean to shoot her ceiling out. Girl, you don't, you can't. That's not how you get rid of rats. <laughs> but yeah, so one of the things that I had noticed right at the top is the, um, <laughs> the Walt Disney Pictures logo on this film looks so low poly, so dated. It's just, like they hadn't updated it from Toy Story. Yeah, and just the film opening with that, and I was just like, oh, oh, um. I love a dated TV zoom in intro. I just wish it filled the whole screen. Yeah. A little like I bit. wanted it to do that thing where it kind of like goes through the TV screen and it becomes what you're seeing. I don't know, but the audio during, Oh my God. I didn't know what I was hearing until Josh was like, what the fuck is that? And we had to pause it. And then the, 
sound went away. I just had to be absolutely sure it wasn't like some, you know, again, we live at the corner, like two freeways, some asshole just zooming up in like a awful sounding motorcycle. Something but they do the sound editing, mixing, whatever on that part. It disturbingly well, because there's that high pitch, like static whine that you get from like C- old CRT yeah. TVs. I thought my ears were ringing. Yeah. And then when Josh confirmed that that wasn't the case, I'm like, why would they do that? That would be awful if you're in a movie theater and subjected. To I that. felt like someone was shooting a, a sound laser at my ears. Yeah, That's totally what, what it sounded like. But let me ask you this. What did you, I had a thought about how like we get this, this sort of twilight zone esque. but it's a very dated kind of intro sure. presentation that, again, I love and it works. It's trope. It's great. But then it immediately goes into a in medias res action moment that we then get a sort of a nineties era stop. I bet you're wondering how I got myself into this position kind of situation. Yeah. This is me. I think it's apparent I need to rethink my life a little bit. What's my problem? First of all, I'm a rat. Like it's it's tro it's it's intro it's like um what am I trying to say? It's expositional trope on top of expositional trope. And watching it now, I don't know how much I liked it. I'm sure I loved it at the time. The first time I saw it, I had the same sort of like, okay, this seems a little cheesy in terms of the story. Like it almost feels like they don't trust it enough. Sure. They don't trust their audience. We could have just skipped that whole flashback bit and he could have done VO and been like, now my life's been kind of crazy. And, and I don't know. It just felt clunky. And it's not like I'm trying to be like, "Mm, well, I'm viewing it with a critical eye. Like it's just, it just struck me as a belabored yeah. I don't know. I will say that like when they opened it with the, like the rats yeah. scattering around yeah, yeah, yeah. that looked terrifying. I mean, <laughs> there's so much of this movie viewed through a certain lens as a damn horror film. Yes. True. Sure. But I mean, and on that point, like how does a rat know Christian aphorisms? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Yeah, that was a little, and then weird. he makes an ironic joke about it. There's a whole lot of layers here. <laughs> There's a lot of, I mean, I get that there's, I guess, what would we call, would this technically be like magical realism, this world that we're in? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that kind of fits all of Pixar's stuff is magical realism. But I just, there's (laughs) this, this rat knows about Christian aphorisms. His father knows about combustion engines, apparently, and how to use them as metaphors. Uh What is happening? (laughs) It's nonsense. In this world. And there's grand Pixar. We're going to talk about it again. Cause it comes up later. Grand Pixar unification theory. Like this technically Ratatouille is set in the Incredibles world, but we'll get there in a minute. So while we're following Remy, did we get to that point where we meet Emil, which is Remy's brother? Yeah. Um, him chonky. Yeah. He, he they really made it. And, and this will be in filmmaking. <laughs> they made him chonky. They really made it a point to make him seem very friendly and likable at the beginning um, to where like, I, I, my note was like, Emil is my favorite right now. I mean, the affable fat guy is, is another good trope. Uh, yeah, it plays well. You kind of feeling like Remy is kind of really an asshole to his brother here. Yeah. It's kind of like, he's really elitist, del- elitist. He's yes. kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the whole, that's the whole thing. But it's, it's like, it, it's another trope. It's, I'm an artist. You don't understand how I feel and I'm going to run away, but really I need my family in the end. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. that whole thing is a, I mean, it's, it's a fucking trope. So yeah, 
They, so they find a mushroom, they go inside, they want to cook it. This little old lady, I love that she converses entirely in grunts. A rat and a Pretty human much. can manage communication in this film, but it's not here because that little old lady's just... Yeah, that old lady grunt. She's just shooting up the inside of her ding dang house. And then her ceiling falls in and it's a rat infestation. And this is one of those situations where I was like, wow, put music under this that's in a minor key and it's suddenly a horror film. Like how terrifying would that be for your ceiling to collapse and see literally like dozens, if not hundreds of rats just staring at you? Yeah. Like what's going on here? Yeah. I <laughs> I don't know why I'm taking this movie so seriously, but so many times I just sat back and just went, Oh, I just I can't believe that and she is a vengeful old bitty because oh. they get out of there yeah and again uh you know culinary arts or whatever because you you we didn't really talk about it we I mean we did in the synopsis Remy's got this heightened sense of taste and smell and sure and when he eats different things it goes black and we get a cutler dance music thing it's actually I really like it I do it's too and effective. I wish they used it more throughout like it gets abandoned until halfway through the film and then gets used a little bit and then it's gone right but like every time Remy is explaining flavors this should be happening yeah the part where you pointed it out and we'll get to it a little bit in a bit but where the lights dim mm-hmm. and you know there's more light on him making that soup it should have been this color dancing thing happening yeah I but, wonder if they did I mean so he's got that and like everybody's shitting on his elevated pl- palette, but you can build a fucking boat. You can build a damn boat yeah, modeled after a-, a human boat and yeah. have it prepared and ready. But fuck this guy for liking a couple different flavors mixed together and cooked. Yeah. And like little old lady at this point uh, is like gassing them out. Right. As he has done super rat through the window with this book. Right. Which is, right up to where the, the movie started so at this point now now we're back of, and that's what i'm saying is like why didn't we just start here because it's like five minutes exactly it doesn't really pay off like it's one of those things like if you do that and then you rewind back and then like midway through the movie then you get up to that point exactly like, yeah it's a now weird. i love this little i just think we didn't need that first bit and we didn't need all of the expository shit just start with the expository shit right we don't have to start in medias res mm-hmm. start in medias beginning in beginning res yeah and honestly have to start even even front i know damn it i'm just trying to move on <laughs> i don't even think she's it, vengeful is yeah, what i was saying she is she's a vengeful grand because she even after they're all gone she comes out and she's just shooting them in the in the water right she's like i'm going these they are clearly out of my house yeah and gone yeah they're going down the river yeah in a boat that they made yeah and your instinct is to shoot them and not like take a picture but then again right we don't know what this time frame is. Right. We, we, there's, there's some discrepancy. I feel on when this movie takes place. I feel it's probably we'll get intentional. To it. We'll get to it when they're we'll getting get drunk to together. Yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, I mean, did you have anything else to say up until Remy gets? Yes. Anything else you running likes? through that house and there's that romance with a gun that's happening. Yes. He needs, well, he hallucinates Gusto. Yeah. In that book. Yes. If you are hungry, go up and look around, Remy. Why do you wait and mope? Well, 
I've just lost my family, all my friends, probably forever. Uh, how do you know? Well, I... <coughs> you are an illustration. Why am I talking to you? Oh, you just lost your family, all your friends. You are lonely. I have a theory. Well, There's probably more to look up here, but I just sort of... Madam, take I think the stage. I'm scratching Let's hear the surface. I think that Remy is dead <laughs> through most of this movie. And here's why. A, there's a there's a couple of instances where I think that Remy should have died. Yeah. Getting struck by lightning. Mm. I think that he should have died. These rats speak English. You don't think they can survive a lightning strike? We don't know about rats in this universe, though. We don't know about rats in this universe. But what my point is, is that he should have died there. Also, fell off of the roof entirely, which, yes, I know that, like, small animals can, like, fall great distances, like yeah. physics, whatever. I don't give a shit. He's dead. Now, the rest of the movie is essentially him just kind of either hallucinating or like this is the last thing before his brain goes dark. He doesn't have the worldview to be able to imagine that many different types of people. But he does because he was watching TV. And the only place that he's watching is Gusteau's. And he never really goes anywhere else. None of those other people are in. I can't He's just making those people up. He's got. I am not on board with this whatsoever. All I'm saying is that like the hallucination of Gusto is basically just like his consciousness uh uh or he's starving and starting to hallucinate. For sure. I can that was the other point. Gusto literally after appears going, out of bread. After going through uh uh the sewers and like ending up at the bottom and it's like he was he's about to starve. Well, he goes up through an apartment that literally houses every French stereotype as Americans know them. Pretty much, yeah. Because there was at one point where, where it was it was like a a, a party a, full of artists in all black. All yes, and they they had bread that he, that then Gusto was like, "Don't eat that bread. You need to cook because everybody because people that know how to cook will always get food, and that's not true. But okay, <laughs> um, but uh, he it's certainly optimistic. It's very give a man a fish. But this He's rat also has gone through the sewer, has touched this piece of bread, and is now poisoned this party. Oh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> in that party is sick now. They're all going to throw up and think that the wine had just turned. Yeah. But then he's there's like an artist who's painting. A nude. Yeah. Like impressionistically. Yes. Uh-huh. And then there's this, just a spot of domestic violence. Yeah. Th- this like love gun situation where like she's. <laughs> there's a domestic dispute happening yes she's aiming a gun at her boyfriend i don't know her significant other her her adversary yeah at at this point i'll be yeah and then there's a gunshot and remy's concerned and he goes back and looks and for a moment i'm like but what if she had shot him right what if we're gonna see this in a picture murder (laughs) suddenly this movie just (laughs) takes a left turn I'd Remy, beca- Remy becomes a detective. Look, and, I've like, been tries loving Perry Mason, and we need to do the Great Mouse Detective. Yes, so I like do. this turn. I like this turn. But no, the yeah, the guns knocked aside, and they're smoochy smoochy, and it's all just it's so tropey. Yes, but you also see Remy do the biggest eye roll as he goes back and sees that happen. Oh yeah, <laughs> so French like, people, am I right? And then continues on. They're so mad and horny. But again. He's dead through all of this. This is all just his view of watching soap operas during the day. um, And all of we're either going to gain or lose listeners based on your insistence (laughs) of this 
God, it's almost. I've as got bad more as examples as we go on, but I. Oh, but, honey, but I'm sure I digress. you do. My goodness. All right. When Remy observes a young garbage boy named Alfredo Linguini attempt to fix the soup he has spilled, he recognizes that Linguini is unintentionally ruining it and fixes his mistakes. Linguini catches him in the act, but does not reveal him to Skinner, Gusto's former sous chef and new owner of the restaurant. Skinner confronts Linguini for tampering with the soup, but when it is served to a critic and proves to be a success, Colette Tattoo, the staff's only female cook, convinces Skinner... <laughs> Not to fire Linguini. Skinner spots Remy trying to escape and orders Linguini to kill the rat. But Linguini, upon finding out Remy can understand him, decides to keep him instead. There's a moment just before Remy gets to the top and realizes, you know, where he is. Yeah. Where he's climbing up that building. Mm -hmm. And there was one more French trope that stuck out to me. And I just wasn't a big fan of it. Maybe it's not specifically French. Sure. But as an image, I saw it and I didn't like it. And it's the woman's silhouette as she's putting that lipstick on because she appears to be nude and her tits are all perky. Yes. And damn it, I thought we were done talking about boobs in Disney films. And here we are with these perky silhouette titties. Yeah. And it just seemed there unnecessary. There were no nips, though. Like, what if it had Honey, nips? I'm pretty Could sure they came to a pretty sharp point. I think the, <laughs> I think it was nip-tensional. Well, if if there are, we will put it in the uh, the graphic that we put on Facebook. So we will go back and find out. That's okay. Fine. Yes, that's absolutely going to be shit. And we're just going to lay this audio around. <laughs> well, that's that done. Ba-dum-bum. That's that figured out. Um, How much geography does this rat know? Does this rat know how far away he was from Paris? Does this rat know that he is in France and He's what the concept dead. of the country is? This is all in his mind. But how he literally his, wanted to be in Paris and that, was in Paris. That is not an answer to my question. How much geography does this rat know? You're saying he's dead. It's all in his mind. If it's in his mind, how much geography does this rat know? Enough to know that Gusto's was in Paris, right? Oh, I didn't see an atlas in that little old lady's house. Right, but he had said he'd been in there a million times. So there is some subtext that you can like draw there to be like, yes. He learned English. He learned how to read. Did I mean, he teach like, his client? No. See, this is the thing. It's, again, uh, magical realism. This chef, Chef Skinner. Yes. He's like an angry little John Waters. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why didn't I see that? Voiced by Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> yeah. Give me a ring. <laughs> That's my impression of you at home. He <laughs> 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 the ring. Give me the ring. Oh, my God. <laughs> But as Remy's talking to his hunger uh, in the form of Chef Gusteau, yeah. he's talking about all the different parts of the kitchen and it matches. Ooh, the- I love that. What? Chef Gusteau was his hunger. Oh, shit. God, that's deep. Why? It oh, is. No. But like, but that's that's like the thing, though, is because like once he achieves his goal, he goes away. <sighs> Metaphors. Yeah. Anywho. Linguini, who is our other protagonist yeah he's come in and he's you know sort of gotten a job he was already hired before he entered he hands skinner that letter and he's just kind of like i need work we don't really have a whole lot else about him like where he came from other than just that he needs a, a ding ding job yeah he's clean up they don't they too don't see him as lowly and you know anyone can cook yeah um so you know that's the whole story and that's what's happening here is he spills that soup and starts to mix it in and then uh, hilarity ensues. Yeah. So Remy is watching this happen from the ceiling 
falls into like some water, which yes. is good because this this cleans him from those the dishes mix. in. That's where that's the first part of the cleaning station. Those aren't clean. It is not sanitary. It's not, but it's more sanitary than sewage. Water. I mean, so all I'm saying is that well, the that's people all moved, in the restaurant probably didn't get sick later when when Gosto. <laughs> Gusto. Gosto. Oh, Gosto. Is later, that what we're calling that's, him? That's sure. Why not? I later when Gosto is like, you know, you, were you just going to let him fuck this shit up for me? Um, <laughs> I mean, basically. I, that's exactly what it is. And Remy goes down there and this is when he's, you know, he's, uh, the soup goes from vomit worthy to this. It's kind of a montage of him throwing in all these ingredients. This is where you pointed out and you were like, oh, look, you know, the, the light gets dark and it comes up. I'm yeah. Because as, as like the camera is going around watching the Remy make the soup, the background is sort of fading in. And, and I, they could have done those little color dances. I think they should have. Like that would have been cool. Even yes. if even if the background was still there, but you saw the hint of that happening. Yes. That's all for the service of when Linguini realizes that Remy is. Because he's gotten lost in it. He's yeah. been sitting there watching him for a minute. It just, the lights cut back on. It's yes. just such an effective. And you use. know, he did wash his hands before he started throwing shit in that pot. I'll give him that. So the soup goes out. That's when that critic gets it. And everybody's surprised that. That Linguini could make something like that. Exactly. Yeah. And tiny John Waters Skinner is just like, what are you playing at? What are you playing at? I, um, am I still fired? You can fire him. What? Leclerc likes it, yeah? She made a point of telling you so. If she write a review to that effect and find out you fired the cook responsible... <laughs> He's a garbage boy. Who made something she liked. How can we claim to represent the name of Gusto if we don't uphold his most cherished belief? And what belief is that, Mademoiselle Tatou? Anyone can cook. Give me the ring! <laughs> and then it's really fun. Like, I was watching the way that it was progressing because, you know, uh, Remy's in a, a colander, like, trapped... Yeah. As as Laguini's being ring uh or you know, yelled at by Skinner. And Remy finally gets three free and is like just about to go out the door, uh Gosto pops in. Yeah. It's like, hey, wait a minute. Listen. But I thought it was really fun, like from that perspective, and then you saw Skinner's eyes just dart towards him, and then it was like we were in chaos again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And catch the rat and this and that. Yeah. And he gets him out there and he's about to drown him, and that's very dark. Yes. Um, and then he has a very sort of empathetic mode, like, don't look at me like that. And the point where he realizes that the rat can understand English, I'm just like, how? <laughs> he, <sighs> he's such a simple boy. He is. And then, you know, they make the agreement about like, well, and what's funny is they've been pushing this. Anyone can cook. Anyone could cook. And even like, that's why he's going to get this chance in the kitchen because anyone could cook. Yeah. And then he goes, I can't cook. It's like, what? <laughs> you can. You just. You don't have a palate. You haven't developed a palate. This rat who used to eat trash has a palate. Yeah, they they make they make the plan, and uh, yeah. So when Linguini is ordered to replicate the soup, he is helped by Remy Skinner. Having tried the soup, decides to retain Linguini back in Linguini's apartment. The two learn to communicate and devise a plan. Remy hides under Linguini's toque at the restaurant and guides his movements like a marionette by pulling on his hair. Skinner orders Colette to teach Linguini to be a cook. Now, I can't recall if we had a montage before this, but you remarked that this was a very effective montage of them learning how to work together and how it transitions yeah. into the cooking thing. But again, like my question stands, how much control is Linguini giving up that this rat is assuming? Like he's got to look, I don't if <laughs> Linguini is a lazy son of a bitch. If he didn't start learning how to cut fucking vegetables effectively, if he just relied on the rat pulling his hair. Mm hmm. Like well, engage, learn something. Yeah. I feel like that's dummy. 
and, and, <laughs> and throughout the entire movie, not to spoil anything, but he is at the same spot that he was at the beginning. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I will. I will say that like the fire effects that they have going on are so well. Yes. Like, it's you feel that sense of heat and it's like it's super cool that like, they can animate things like that that look again especially so scenes in this kitchen really did feel like they filmed in a real kitchen and then animated people into it yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh skinner actually reads the letter realizes that linguini is actually gusto's son yes or allegedly is yes um because his lawyer's in there and takes a hair out of gusto's toque there's not much resemblance. There's no resemblance at all. He's not Gusto's son. Gusto had no children. And what of the timing of all this? The deadline in the will expires in less than a month. Suddenly, some boy arrives with a letter from his recently deceased mother claiming Gusto is his father. Highly suspect. And this is Gusto's? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, may I? Uh, of course, of course. And then, uh, and then instructs uh, Skinner to get a sample from him yes um oh we glossed right over skinner's uh racially insensitive yes. commercial food line this is 2007 and they were they were really pushing like the cultural appropriation well but i mean he's the villain like this is yeah, no, this is the great. bad thing yeah, yeah, yeah like putting gusto and yellow face to sell uh frozen egg rolls is painted as a bad thing it's there's or, a deg- sombrero to serve or to, to serve for burritos. burritos. Yeah. 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 No, the ye- yellow face is bad. Brown and black face is bad. And the villain is doing those things and profiting off of it. And that's bad. This surprise, this movie has a surprisingly anti-capitalistic bent to it. A little bit. Yeah. And it's re- refreshingly subversive in a Pixar film. <laughs> so you were saying you, you know, they're worried that it, that he might actually be his son. So, the lawyer advises Skinner, we'll just give him a job and wait this out and you're fine. Yeah. And so Skinner thinks that he's going to do that and also show Linguini up by, you know, like, you know, like we said, making him replicate the soup, but putting him under Colette's tutelage. Yeah. And, and this is where that romance begins to bud. <laughs> we also, uh, Skinner also starts to see the rat in places. Yeah. And Linguini begins to gaslight him. Oh, pretty much. Yeah, and successfully. Successfully. Because they, you know, they've figured out how to work together and they're actively doing it. That's how they get to replicate the soup. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're lucky. Um, and even like the end of that montage where they're learning, uh, Remy makes himself a, a Remy sized omelet and makes uh Linguini a Linguini sized omelet. And like Linguini wakes up and he's like, That little asshole ran off with my foot, and then he turns around and this rat has learned how to use a hot plate. And has somehow managed to whisk eggs on his own. But Again, also I'm went too, and stole that basil. Went and stole that basil out of somebody's yard. Come on. Like you can finger wag about theft, but he stole a rat, took some basil out of a garden. Calm down, Prissy. You're <laughs> not taking much. the time to learn to actually do these skills and letting <laughs> this rat puppet you. So maybe get off your fucking high horse. And Colette's a badass. She is. Colette's a badass and is single-handedly like smashing the patriarchy in the fine dining industry. Yes, girl, get it. She's just, you know, I have to work harder, faster, better than anybody in here, and I'll fucking cut your balls off if you drag me down. I just want you to know how honored I am to be studying under such No, you listen. I just want you to know exactly who you are dealing with. How many women do you see in this kitchen? Well, I... <laughs> Only me. Uh, 
Why do you think that is? Well, I... Because hot cuisine is an antiquated hierarchy built upon rules written by stupid old men. Rules designed to make it impossible for women to enter this world. But still I'm here. How did this happen? <laughs> because, well, because you... Uh, have because I'm the toughest cook in this kitchen. I have worked too hard for too long to get here, and I am not going to jeopardize it for some garbage boy who got lucky. Got it? Yeah, and she's pulling knives out of nowhere. Yeah. And it is terrifying. There's a degree of violence in this Pixar film that is a lot more vis I mean, we've seen two guns, two gunfights already. Within the first tw- 20, 20 minutes. 30 minutes, yeah. yeah. And now and now Colette is Don't fuck with me! And stabbing <laughs> these butcher knives through his clothes. And like embedding them. Pinning into him the- to that block. Yeah. Ooh, honey. <laughs> but she means serious business. She does. And honestly, there's a g- genuineness to her as well where, you know, she's yes, she's like I I don't want to fuck this up and like I am uh she's got to work harder, which yeah. is which is awful, but like If I'm being told to help you, you're going to be the fucking best because nobody's exactly. dragging me down. And and the fact is that she does feel like she can actually accomplish that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, and then we cool. get another yeah. montage. This one's got a little bit more meat to it. Cause there's some dialogue in it, but it's yeah. all like, it's like, let's kitchen tips, you know, keep your station clean, keep your arms in so be, that you don't get uh, food on your sleeves. Yeah. Be but smarter about like, it's fine. Yeah. Be smarter about like pot placement. Mm-hmm. Like don't put it up on the shit. If you can just wipe it off into the pot, you're saving time and, time is money and you're not mommy like yeah. that whole speech i mean basically this whole again colette's a fucking badass yes she is their relations start to kind of build a bit and you kind of see that oh i there might be some love here. well yeah because he thanks her for everything you know for all her advice and she goes thank you and he's like for what for taking it all right what the cooks are we 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 you are one of us now we we thank you by the way for all the advice about cooking thank you too for for what? For taking it. But it's it's setting the foundation for that relationship, and then and then that and the relationship with Remy gets tested when Skinner's like, "Haha, do this notoriously bad recipe that anchovy licorice sauce is what the recipe calls for." Oh, right, that's right. Anchovy licorice sauce. They, I think it, I think they like found the the worst. Like I, I believe that that's a sauce. I'm sure. But they were like, would anybody want an anchovy licorice sauce? That just yep. sounds like a nightmare. And it really is just because like that's that's the part that Remy is is, you know, improvising on and she's getting, you know, you're not following the recipe finger shaky yeah. about it because, you know, he runs around the kitchen. I need this now. Tomatoes, truffle oil. <laughs> it, he's essentially just they're still cooking. Uh I forget what all was in it, but like, you know, animal innards in that separate pan and it's the so- only the sauce is different. So that sauce had to be amazing. Yeah. Is a linguine's dish done yet? Yeah. It's as bad as we remember. Just went out. Did you taste it? Yeah, of course. Before he changed it. What? How could he change it? He changed it as it was going out the door. Say love it! Oh, Sir Dino's already asking about it! Oh, about Linguini! I have seven more orders! That's wonderful. Linguini starts to become as uh, successful as a cook as his dishes, guided by Remy, prove to be enormously successful at the restaurant. Skinner becomes suspicious when he sees Linguini interacting with Remy in split-second encounters. He attempts to get Linguini drunk so he can reveal how the rat is connected to him. However, Linguini does not reveal any information about the rat. So yeah, this is like we were just talking about 
Linguini is essentially ghostlighting Skinner. Gaslighting. Gaslighting. <laughs> ghostlighting. Gaslighting Skinner about Remy. Did you want to talk about the wine and the time frame of this movie now? Yes. So he off. They've all celebrated. Uh, um, Linguini comes in with an existing glass of wine. Yes. Um, Skinner is like, uh, he's like, are you going to drink that? Uh, and he's like, no, I don't usually drink wine. And, and then uh, realizing that he has to kind of up the stakes a bit, pulls yeah. out a, yeah, a, a 1961 Chateau Latour. Mm. Now, the 61 is where I think that this is important because I was, we were trying to figure out when this took place. Yes. And Do- Josh did some research a bit and found that it supposedly takes place in 1962. Yeah. So there's a, when we, when we get to the part about in a bit about like how their relationship is growing, when there's the montage with them running around, um, bomb voyage is a, is a mime in the background of one of those oh, scenes. Bomb okay. voyage is the villain from the beginning of, Incredibles that Mr. Incredible is hunting down before all of the superhero stuff gets shut down. Okay. But he might've meant 1861 Uh, because this wine had been around for a long time. It could have been 1861. Yeah. Chateau Latour was actually founded in 1855. So it could have been an 1861 Chateau Latour. That's what I think it is. And that makes a lot more sense that he pulled out a hundred year old bottle of wine. Because the label a, looked super old too. It is. And, but the thing is that, that label stayed the same. Cause like I went and I looked at the images uh, of the 19, the one that came out in 1961 and that label looked the same. Yes. So, I mean, yes, I think it is a hundred year old bottle of wine. So yes, six, 1962 would make sense because that's like a hundred year old bottle of wine. As opposed to a year old bottle. Of exactly. Wine. <laughs> Anyways, he gets him drunk and uh, is trying to pull out information from him to figure out a, if he's actually Linguini's or not, uh, Gusto's uh, son. Gusto's son. And then also where this rat is that he keeps seeing. Yeah. Cause like he sees him in, in, in the shadows and over here and over there. Yeah. Have you ever had a pet rat? No. Did you work in a lab with rats? No. Nope. Perhaps you lived in squalor at some point. Nobody, nobody knew. You know something about rats. You know you do. You know who know do, wackadoo. Ratatata. Hey, why do they call it that? What? Ratatouille. It's like a stew, right? Why do they call it that? If you're going to name a food, you should give it a name that sounds delicious. Ratatouille doesn't sound delicious. It sounds like rat and patootie. Rat patootie, which does not sound delicious. Well, but meanwhile, so Remy and Emil run into each other again. Yeah. And they find Remy goes back to the to the new colony. And again, like they've got music. They've got dancing. They've got culture. They've got waiters. They've, but, but, but they being give a cook, him so much shit for just wanting to eat good food. Like, yeah. Fuck. Make good food. Not even just eat, but make it too. Yeah. It's the, just so literally funny there's to a me. band that they've like, they've learned how to play the, the paperclip. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, Skinner leaves and Remy or not Remy Linguini stays behind to drunkenly clean the kitchen. Yeah. And you see the health inspector's picture there. That's the first shot. At least the oh, first one that I noticed about okay. it. Okay. There's also a jump scare at this point where you'd like jumped out of your oh, seat. Oh yeah. And go- when Gusto popped up again yeah. for the first time in a while. Skinner said, uh, don't get too familiar with the vegetables. So it was when, when they were in the walk-in for the first time. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. And that was a mildly homophobic joke. It was. Skinner was just telling him not to stick cucumbers up his boo. <laughs> I mean, how familiar with vegetables are you, Josh? Okay. <laughs> when Remy's back with a family and he's his dad's still like giving him shit. He's like, let me show you something. Yeah. Look at this exterminator uh, window shop front that's filled with dead rats. Yeah, like literally they had traps of rats just like lining their window just hideous it's like who is that a thing that happened in the 60s like i maybe older they've got to be fake because just the smell they've got to be like taxidermied at the very least that's probably what it is because if they're actual rat carcasses hanging in this shop window that shop stinks yeah for sure Ugh. remy uncovers skinner's discovery that linguini is gusto's illegitimate son and rightful owner of the restaurant and gives the evidence to Linguini, who forces Skinner out. The restaurant thrives as Remy's recipes become popular, though as Linguini and Colette develop a relationship, Remy begins to feel left out. He reunites with Emil and the clan, but is rejected by Django over his admiration for humans. So yeah, this is when Linguini's drunk, Colette shows up, Remy's kind of like trying to puppet him, and he doesn't wake up until she slaps him, mm-hmm. because he's uh, hungoverly being a shady dick as she's trying to acquire... Kinda. yeah it, it, just the faces that he's making uh, i don't understand why why remy just didn't like try to like smack his forehead on the floor or, or bite him again he did it plenty of times earlier right but she slaps him and and yeah so he kind of comes to and this is where they as linguini's trying to sort of tell you know give up the ghost about remy and remy panics he essentially makes linguini commit assault a little bit. And Puppets she, Linguini right into Colette's mouth as she's about to pepper spray him. Yeah, because like he was starting to get weird. She starts reaching for the pepper spray. And then right as their like lips are locking, the pepper spray is like right in his face and then he yeah. just slowly falls away. Which I don't that's a little gross. It still felt a little bit icky. Like I guess it it's ultimately played for consent, and this is the beginning of their relationship, and it develops very well, and they were with each other at the end. Yes. But still this moment, it's kind of like Oh no, I'm panicking. Let me just put my mouth on hers to shut us both up. Yeah. And it felt icky. It did a little bit. And, and like we get another montage of their relationship in the kitchen. And at one point they do an elevator shot where it starts at her thighs and goes up to her face and lingers on her ass a little bit. Yeah. And even though like she's into it and he's into it, it still felt a little bit objectifying. It was a bit. And like, at no other point in this movie was I like, oh, look at her butt. No. This one, they obvi- they they put it out there. Now we've had to talk about tits and ass. Yeah. Tits and ass. Tits and ass. Got the bingo bongos done. Suddenly I'm getting national tours. You were saying? Yeah. Um, Remy ends up in the office and discovers Gusto's will as he's getting a lecture from all of these racial stereotypes. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, they come alive. Because those two are out, you know, developing their relationship in a montage. And that's where we yeah, see yeah, Bomb yeah, Voyage yeah. again, being a mime on the street corner. Mm-hmm. And Remy's coming to find him. And yes, is discovering this, this will in this letter. And so and also, not only does he understand English, but he can read it in cursive. He's your son? I have a son? How could you not know this? Yeah, I am a figment of your imagination. You did not know. How could I? Well, your son is the rightful owner of this restaurant. <gasps> no, no, Darat! Ah! 
basically discovers that you know uh, Skinner's been keeping the secret, mm-hmm. and then that we get a, a a chase montage, yeah, of Skinner running after Remy through the streets of Paris. It's delightful, jumping boat from boat until uh, he just completely misses. You know what it reminded me of? Assassin's Creed. A little bit. Especially that last one that I played where they're in London during the Jack the Ripper times oh. because there's all that like you're jumping across. It's not obviously it's not the same because it's not in Paris, but it's yeah. um it's the Thames yeah. in London. Anyway, this reminded me of Assassin's Creed, especially when like the papers became a hang glider to give him some lift. Yes, <laughs> it was cute. Um, and I like that they didn't really waste any time with the, the changing of powers. Steven made this point when we watched Tangled with him you know, a few episodes ago, the movie could have ended here a little bit. The movie could have ended right here because the villain has gotten its comeuppance and the protagonist is like, we didn't, we didn't need everything else because the protagonist has gotten what he's wanted. But then we come back to Anton ego. Well, Um, no, he ends up, he's just the threshold guardian. Yeah. Essentially for their, their ultimate happiness. But I I don't know. It's just interesting to me. Remy starts feeling left out. His dad's still feeling shitty about mm-hmm. him consorting with humans. But meanwhile, like Emil has brought friends back and they're yeah. going to get some food. And, and then this Emil- is where and it happens a couple times. This is where I'm like Emil, who we are at the beginning are really rooting for. And like, he's like, he's a kind of like, seems like a good person Yeah, is actively exploiting his brother. I mean, they're rats. And um, Linguini's just going to continue sort of like being the face of Gusto's now. And he's getting kind of a big head about it. And this catches the attention of Anton Ego. The dour world renowned food critic Anton Ego, who had previously given the restaurant a negative review, which is what caused Gusto's death in the beginning, announces he will once again dine at the restaurant. After a heated argument with Linguini, Remy leads his clan to raid the restaurant's pantries, not panties, in retaliation. But Linguini drives them out. Remy is captured by Skinner, who intends to use his talents to create a line of frozen food products, <laughs> but is promptly freed by Django and Emil. Linguini apologizes to Remy, having been unable to cook without him, and reveals the truth to his staff, but they all leave, feeling angered and betrayed. Colette returns after calling Gusto's famous after recalling Gusto's famous motto, anyone can cook. So yeah, we come back to Anton Ego as he's typing a review. His typewriter looks like a skull. Yeah, his his whole office is a coffin shape yeah and he looks like he'd fit perfectly within that coffin the way he's kind of like stooped and angular yes yeah and he even makes a point at the end where where you know most critics thrive on the negative review and like yes he's built his entire brand around negative reviews right linguini is doing the photo shoot uh, this and that and the other thing and he pops back up Antonio yeah. pops back up and comes through the crowd and it's just like hey you don't really have permission to be this good until I've tasted your food. Right. You're not playing by the rules. You're Anton Ego. <laughs> you're slow for someone in the fast lane. And you're thin for someone who likes food. <gasps> I don't like food. I love it. If I don't love it, I don't swallow but linguini gets kind of shady here and i love it this is when he says the you're kind of thin for a guy who likes food yes i love that bit it was good but as it's getting tense like uh, colette goes we have to be rude we're french bye-bye <laughs> like they pop off <laughs> and it's just like would a french chef say that to the french press 
<laughs> I not to like her coffee maker, but to yeah. members of the press who are in France. Oh, you remember from the beginning that asshole orders the that orders this. Um, oh my god, you're right. We totally we, they're we talking completely about the, forgot we, about him. We always talk about the soup. Uh, we're all we, we want something new. We want something new off menu. That fucking American. He had such an American accent and for was a reason. Just a fucking. He was asshole. such a dick. That guy. Just give, <laughs> us, give us something new. It reminded. There's an episode of Faulty Towers where they have Americans at the at the hotel. Yes. Remember and oh yeah. He, you know he orders a Waldorf salad. It's got walnuts. It's got that whole thing. Yeah. That's what I felt like. This was a contemporary version of. <laughs> That's delightful. Remy goes back and is just like, you know what. Fuck Linguini. He's literally left me on the street to get his run over by cars. Like, restaurant, honey. It's an infestorant. Brings all of his his family back to raid the kitchen. Linguini comes in, supposedly because he's looking for Remy, kind of to apologize. Yeah, he, he was good. He was coming he was back to dick. apologize. Um, and uh, Remy's brother fucks it all up for all of them. Yep. Causes a pretty big falling out between the two characters. And that's when he gets captured by Skinner. Right. Remy goes outside with Emil and Emil's like, see, I told you, you know, let me show you how to just uh, find real food. And of course the, or the trash food. And of course that trash food is a cage. Well, it's a trap. It's a rat a tra- trap. It's, it's a, a live trap. trap. Yeah. So, and Remy realizes it and pushes, pushes him Emil out, of the out. Way. He gets caught and Skinner's just like, ha ha, you're going to help me design frozen foods. And I'm just like, how is this rat supposed to know how frozen food works? I mean, <laughs> There's just a lot. I, I, I think this man's brain has been broken because Linguini gaslit him about this rat. He finally yes. has this rat and he's gone so far off the deep end that he's like, you're going to help me. I'm going to get rich because when he's when he's freaking out about it on the phone, like he sounds genuinely dejected. Like he stole my document. Like he's sad. And then for a hot second, I was like, I'm not going to feel bad for this asshole. No, not I'm at not all. I'm not going to feel bad for this asshole. <laughs> Emil and Django, who's his father, they end up finding the car that trunk that he's in, pushing these like stone gargoyles off of the roof to yes. open up the trunk. Pushes the wrong one first, uh-huh. and then you push the second one, and it and it opens everything up. And I just could you imagine coming out to your car <laughs> and just having multiple like, gargoyles littered around it? Your trunk's dented, the rat's gone. What the fuck? How does this I even mean, happen? It's exactly that. And I think at this point, yeah, because Skinner's back at the restaurant because ego has come. It's like the day. Yeah. And at this point, the reconciliation between Linguini and Renmi is that uh, he's going to go tell him he's going to tell everyone this is actually the cook. This is why I've been behaving this way. Yes. And and everybody kind of dips out. Well, I mean, when you this is their boss going, hey, a rat tells me what to do. How else would you respond? Honestly, I think it's probably more plausible that they lock him in his office for that shift. Get through the crit because they could just oust him. They could they could 100% call the cops on this guy. But they, I mean, they they just chose to kind of hang up and just walk away, which really brings Linguini and Remy to their lowest points. Pretty much. Yeah. Look, this works. It's crazy, but it works. We can be the greatest restaurant in Paris and this rat, this brilliant little chef can lead us there. What do you say? You with me? Impressed by Remy's determination, Django and the clan offer to help and cook under Remy's direction while Linguini waits table. Skinner and a health inspector he called earlier attempt to interfere 
but are bound, gagged, and locked in the food storage. <laughs> Remy creates a variation on ratatouille, which reminds Ego of his mother's cooking. Humbled and delighted by the dish, Ego asks to meet the chef, so Linguini and Colette wait until the other diners have left before introducing Remy. Ego is stunned and writes a glowing review, saying how he now understands Gusto's motto and indirectly calling Remy nothing less than the finest chef in France. So yeah, everybody dips. The restaurant's still full. Ego is out there. Skinner is out there. And the only person there is Linguini. Yeah. And that's when Remy, Remy comes back. And so does the rest of his clan. How long were these people waiting for their food in there? I mean, it's got to be hours. Remy sets, sets everything going. He's, he divvies out groups of the rats to the different stations in the kitchen. Yep. And then Colette comes back and sees it all. And she's just like, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you imagine, like, put myself in her shoes for a second? But again, like, it's a horror movie. Right. All of these you, rats. <laughs> you, she comes back in. And she's like, okay, it's just one rat that I have to deal with. And, and just to talk to him, figure this out. And then opens the door just to see a sea of rats. I would. And then some of I them would come scream. back with a guy bound up with his mouth ducted. They've gone back yes. and caught the health inspector who ran <laughs> yes. off. Yes, horror movie hope- shit. They yes. covered his car. <laughs> Terrifying. And Collect's just standing there as like 50 rats carry this short dude into the into the the fridge, the locked yeah. for the industrial fridge or whatever, and toss him in and lock him up. And then they do the same to Skinner. Yes, they do. Why did why did they lock up Skinner? Did he like try to get back into the kitchen again? Well, because after ego so okay, so they do the ratatouille. Yes. And Colette has an argument with the rat. She's like, it's a peasant dish. What you know, and he's just like, Well, I'm gonna he kind of head I'm gonna zhuzh it. He's going to zhuzh it and he makes it and everybody's super. And by everybody, I mean, Colette Linguini, super impressed Linguini. Yes. He's the waiter somewhere. He found some roller skates and he's apparently really good at this shit. Yeah. Like why didn't he get a job doing that? I mean, you, he would get so many tips. You, you could Ever. refill 50 wine glasses in seconds. Cause you can move around this space. Where how, did all this dexterity come how from? How often has he roller skated around that dining room? I, yeah. Mm-mm. I mean, is this to say that maybe, Remy's control did impart some motor skills on onto him. You know what? You might be right. Maybe that's what it is. But then why is he still not able to fucking cook? <laughs> uh, so he makes that ratatouille. Yeah. And this is, I mean, we talked about it with Hamilton last week. There's the sound cue and it flashes back and he's having ratatouille with his mother and yeah, he blossoms. But yeah, this is where Skinner gets mad and he comes back. He's like, who cooked the ratatouille? And he sees all the rats and that's why they bind him and throw him in the, in the lockup. That's too. right. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, so yeah, ego has uh, an epiphanic moment about food and demands to see the chef and sees Colette and Linguini arguing about it. And she comes out and she's just like, you can meet him after everybody leaves. Yeah. And they walk him through after that happens. And he goes through three or four bottles of wine. Just chilling. Yeah, like literally bo- full bottles of wine. Like, I don't know. I, at that point, I would just be like, you guys are so great. Like the food here. Like, oh my I, God, I was here before. And then suddenly like, well, they tell, they tell him about, about Remy and, and yeah. he does this review. Like they walk him through everything and he remakes the dish in front of them. Yes. And like ego is sort of stone faced through this entire thing. Yeah. Like you can't really read what he's going to do. Correct. Um, and then yes, the next day he comes out with a glowing review of the restaurant. It is difficult to imagine more humble origins than those of the genius now cooking at Gusto's who is in this critic's opinion, Nothing less than the finest chef in France. I will be returning to Gusto soon. Hungry for more. 
it would have restored the stars that it lost, except they freed Skinner and the health inspector. Yeah, there's, there's a voiceover of Remy. That's like, we couldn't keep them locked up. Like ego was so, you know, amazed by it that, well, cause he lost his job. The restaurant gets closed down and ego lost his job as a food critic because I mean, obviously he was complicit in well, yeah. the rat situation or at the very least it was, it was like, uh, he was complimenting food from, from a place that was a health hazard. Yeah. Who, who would trust a food critic after that? But because he had, like you said, made his money on bad reviews, he had all of this money to become a small business investor and buy a restaurant for Remy, essentially. Yeah. Called La Ratatouille with a little picture of Remy holding spoon on the sign. Yeah. And at the end, we pull back and there's like a rat terrace where everybody's seated. Um, and Remy's recounting the story to some of his rat clan. And Colette's like, hey, that'll work. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oops, got to go. It's the dinner rush. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess we should read the last bit of it. Despite the review, the restaurant is shut down due to the presence of rats. <laughs> Thanks to Skinner and the health inspector ratting them out. Yes. Causing Ego <laughs> to lose his job and credibility as a critic. Have it. However, taking on a new job as an investor, he now funds and frequents a popular new bistro, La Ratatouille, run by Remy Linguini and Colette. As the rat colony settles into their new home in the bistro's attic. Yeah, it's cute. What do they do with all the rat poop? Or do you think they're civilized enough to know how to deal with that? Oh, you know, that's literally never addressed, but I would imagine maybe there's tiny rat plumbing that they put in. Hold on (laughs) at the beginning of the movie, but remember there are no, hold on at the beginning of the movie when she shoots the holes in the ceiling and the entire ceiling falls through. What if it's because of the weight of the rat poop? No. (laughs) What if all of that rat poop and like rat feces dust just went into the air and filled the entire room. Could you imagine? Oh, well now I, I am. I don't Thanks. know. I don't know if Pixar's you're welcome uh, listeners. I don't know if Pixar's smoke effects were that good. At Why that do point, you keep I going? Like they would have put that in. Nobody wants to hear this. Something they could have done. Stop. Stop. He's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Ratatouille. Yes, it was. It's a great movie. It was good. I, I, I really do enjoy this movie it's one that i've watched many 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 times it's such an easy rewatch it is and because it's it's one of those movies where like it's uh there's not a lot of scene changes it takes place in a lot of the same places yeah and so like it's easy enough to follow that like i could just put it on and it's not it's not a you know it's just fun to watch and obviously if i follow it too closely i'm gonna keep finding things that i dislike (laughs) I'm old man yells at cloud about sure. this. Just like that doesn't look right. This very much could be a me issue. I I'm willing to admit that. Mm. And, um, I, I mean, that's the first step bitch, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I'll, I'll put this one on in the background. And I mean, I love the music from it. Yeah. We actually own the vinyl. Yeah. From, we got that from Mondo. Didn't we? Yeah, we did. Uh, and, uh, we have yet to listen to it, but it is good. We should put it on. We should put it on. Um, so yeah, the budget for this one was 150 million. Yep. It made 620 million. Uh, so, you know, this, this raked in a pretty good amount of money. And I mean, show enough did. this is 2007. Um, you know, at this point we, the, I mean, this is when the iPhone came out. So like Apple was very much, uh, the movie store and all that stuff was a big thing. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, there was a lot of avenues and a lot of money behind it. Absolutely. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 96 from the critics. Nigel Andrews from the Financial Times said, purveys huge charm, enough to make you fall in love with the rat species and enough with its array of screen dishes 
to make America forgive France, redub freedom fries as French fries and fall sobbing on the country's cordon blue shoulders. <laughs> well, that's was- the weirdest <laughs> review. Why that one Clancy? My because God. it was the weirdest one. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> This just it's there's so much subtext that's happening in this. There's a lot going on. Yeah. And you know, it's, but it was a favorable, favorable review. So absolutely. Yeah. And where else would I go for my film reviews except Financial Times? Good exactly. job. honey. Uh, it got an 87 percent for the viewer score. Sure. Uh, Rob W. Five days ago said it's a fucking masterpiece and a half. <laughs> um, and uh, rookie the writer M in 2016 says I expected something more. The ending pissed me off, too. Now I sound like the critic in the movie. Hey, uh, rookie writer, I feel you. I'm cantankerous about this as well. Yeah. But it's I, it, fine. I will say that it was hard to find some one-star reviews, which is usually like what I want to pad yeah, absolutely. this one with. Um, but yeah, it was uh, this one was two stars. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was. And cute. there were those structural elements like, you know, uh, Linguini wasn't adversarial with Colette. She, they, they truly worked together and they had their issues because he's bad at communicating and was being yeah. puppeted by a rat. But, but there's, I, and I, I still will stand by, I don't think he had an arc. Like I don't Linguini. Really, yeah, Absolutely I don't, not. Yeah, no, he's he, still a dummy. Yeah. That's it, why he's the waiter and she's the head chef. Exactly. Or associate or whatever, you know, because Remy is obviously Sous the head chef. chef. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a dunce. She, yeah. I mean, other than being able to, roller skate and he's a first class waiter waiter. you know he probably makes bang on tips oh probably this movie was nominated for a whopping 58 awards and it won 38 of them and i mean like across various different like award shows and categories and stuff just oxers no 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 but it did win the oscar for best animated feature and it was nominated for in addition to that was nominated for screenplay score editing and sound mixing nice Won a Golden Globe for Best Animated Film nice. and actually won a Grammy for Best Score Soundtrack Album. That's awesome. Yeah. We've got a little bit of trivia yes. here. Um, so this broke the French record for the biggest debut of an animated movie. In the country, yeah. That's amazing. When this came out. like mm. um, It's a Pixar movie, so of course the Piece of Planet truck is in it. It's actually on, uh, it's visible during the chase scene when... Um, Skinner is chasing Remy with his documents. Oh, I didn't realize that. And I was looking too. That's yeah. mm, those guys are good. They really are. Um, this was actually Anthony Bourdain, the late Anthony Bourdain's favorite food centric movie. I that He died. And that's so sad. It really is. But uh, he was quoted as saying they got the food, the reactions to the food and tiny details to the food really right down to the barely noticeable pink burns on one of the characters forearms. Mm-hmm. I really thought it captured a passionate love of food in a way that very few other films have. Yeah, because it's really rad. Yeah, and you had even mentioned it like when 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 uh Remy and Linguini are having the uh the little montage and he had that little uh uh sore on his hand. Oh yeah. Like those sort of elements. Like it never is truly explained, but it makes sense. And like it's not it's it's so detailed. The, uh, yeah, it's it's that's where the the magic happens, is in that is in that degree of detail. Um, I also read, I think this was on IMDb and I didn't verify it. So it might not be true, but apparently whenever possible bird had women animators working on Colette. Well, that's cool. That is right. Right. Yes. Yeah. And also <laughs> like, you know, I would rather women animators be able to animate everybody. So, Hey, you're just, not wrong. You know, yeah. No, no, it, I don't, I don't think that it's, was there only one woman in this movie that like has, that's in a major role? Yeah. Cause there's no female rats. Nope. What the fuck? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Well, why were there no female rats? What the fuck? 
Yeah, I don't know. I didn't even realize that. That's so stupid. Why? It, we read the cast list. Janine Garofalo was the only woman's name I read. Yeah, no, that's 100, 100% right. And like, I didn't go into it thinking that um, stupid. There's the little old lady, but she doesn't actually have any, she doesn't have any fucking lines. <laughs> she makes grunts and like, ah, and I don't even know if you'd like. I'm not uh, laughing at the inherent misogyny and the structure of this film and its casting. I'm laughing at your reaction as you realize these things. Because it's nonsense. Like, this is Pixar definitely has learned and grown, but it, it still doesn't excuse the fact that, like, okay, there's 1.5 women in this movie. Yeah. Like, it's pretty stupid. We didn't prepare for this conversation. We, we didn't, didn't do and the I research that really we needed to do. disappointed that, like, <laughs> This this is where the realization is coming is right now. Yeah, like, this isn't something that like we had a banter over and we're recreating. No, hundred percent. I didn't realize this, and it is awful. And I I I don't know. Like that. Ugh, that is okay. I'm done. I mean, it's uncomfortable for sure because yeah, 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 yeah. like we definitely talked about how we like this movie and we can just enjoy it. But <sighs> now it's going to be hard to enjoy it. Yeah. So there was going mm-hmm. to be a branded wine. Um, until the California Wine Institute com- complained about a cartoon character promoting underage drinking. Yep, you can see there's on the Wikipedia page there's a of the label and it's like the little cartoon like the two oh, D Remy. Cute. One of the characters legit gets drunk on wine in the movie. I think we've we've missed the train has left the station on whether Pretty or not much. we're worried about the things people get hung up on while ignoring that there's only 1.5 women characters in this movie. Why aren't there more fucking women in this movie? God damn it. Okay. So this <laughs> I complained about it a little bit and. Then I did my research. This was the last movie that that version of the Walt Disney Pictures logo was used in. The low quality one. Yeah. You were kind of. Um, they started using the one that they used in front of Pirates of the Caribbean going forward. I think that's the one that they still use. Yeah. So uh, I do have a new segment called Clancy's Film Theory Corner. He's saying it the segment. I kind of want to do these specifically because I have a uh, a different perspective, if you will. On. You could just say that it interests you and not sound like a snotty little <laughs> shithead about your film degree. Yes. Uh, so Clancy's really interested in film technology. Yes, this is true. Um, so one of the things that Pixar does um, that's actually really important is uh, if you go to graphics.pixar.com um, slash library, Yarg. you can actually look at all of their technical white papers and memos that they've put out for all of the technologies that they've made for all of their movies. Why they got to be white. They put all these up on there. You can look at them. They're insanely detailed and go into like uh, the things with math that they do in this. That is just insane. One of them was the stochastic simpl- simplification of aggregate detail. Oh, that old chestnut. Yeah, that old chestnut. Um, <laughs> So essentially what this is saying is. Um, a lot of renderers will perform very poorly on scenes that contain a lot of detail and geometry. Um, and the load on that renderer uh, can be alleviated by simplification of the geometry that's in the scene. Well, for example, a scene in this movie in the very beginning when they're in the grass. Yeah. Um, and it goes from a very wide shot to a close shot and something like that. You would, you'd have to do it in segments previously, um, to add more detailed models. And as you go further, um, they developed techniques for this that allowed them to basically take insanely detailed objects. Sure. And based on the amount of distance away that they are from the virtual camera, they simplify that geometry on the fly. So it made the ability to render that stuff a lot easier and faster because they didn't have to do 14 different bushes for the different levels so that they wouldn't crash their renderer. Is that why they, they do the like 
switching perspective shots, the switch in focus really well on this mm-hmm. one. Oh. Yeah. To the software, that's actually still there. It's just making the judgment to be like, this is so far away from the camera. Uh, we can simplify this geometry and it just happens and lets the animators be yeah. a little bit more versatile. So, it sounds like how fast. video games render, like 3D, mm-hmm. like, you know, like Outer Worlds and even Borderlands. And, and that's like when you see textures pop in, like yeah. that's that's this actually is saying we're using the same texture. And then that's dynamically applying it. The other stuff uh, was simulating whitewater rapids and food. So like in the sewers. Right. Remy going underwater and tumbling like it was very visceral. And like that was all a big simulation that they they put the rat in. Yeah. With food specifically, soft bodies like bread dough was not really something that they had done or like you would try to do manually. Yeah. Um, but they were able to create simulations around that that like, you know, how the how it would stretch and like. It wouldn't stretch evenly. It would yeah. tear in places, that sort of thing. The viscous fluids as well, like sauces, things that are water, but not really like they're the, viscous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're saucy. When they're preparing the ratatouille, like when he takes when that he, knife and goes around it. Yeah. Like just, it's so buttery. It's so nice. Yes. The last one was the a- animation centric cloud or crowds. Um, and the way that they work with that pipeline. It's like the groups of rats. Yeah. Sure. Um, so they used an application called massive, which is uh, something that they used on Lord of the Rings to do all of the, uh, the, the, all of the army shots, right? Historically massive actually will do the rendering of that as well. Like you'll put it all in there and like, it'll, you do the animations, it randomizes it between all of the nodes that you want it to go on. And then you render that out. Sure. Um, Pixar decided not to do that because they're Pixar and they have their own rendering engine and animator called marionette. They took all of the simulation data, however, from that and was able to basically give all of the rats, render them differently. So they're all different. They're all behaving differently based on where they are in the scene. So it's kind of a leap from like a bug's life. Exactly. They would then take that data, the simulation data, then throw it into Marionette to then animate all of those, would animate them to 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 match the main characters and how expressive the main characters yeah. are and to do that with those. That's awesome. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was really really neat um and and then again it allowed them to do these just insanely complex simulations and then still have that sort of pixar cartoon feel yeah that, that you get yeah and well, that was clancy's film thank theory you corner. for that yeah you're welcome how did you like this movie all valid criticisms aside like i said earlier it's it's okay and i can put it on in the background and not be bothered by it yeah <laughs> the art style in this the music there's a lot of elements in this that I really, really like. Yeah. You know, it's just got such a, I, I love Patton Oswald. I love Patton Oswald's voice. Yeah. He's and, delightful in this. Yeah. And so it's just, it's such a nice low bar movie <laughs> to watch without women in it. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Jeanine Garofalo, who was delightful. Alrighty. Um, before we go, remember, uh, you can always become a patron of mischief media at patreon.com slash making mischief and fun fact. Okay. So we've done, we talked about some theme park memories. Yes. We watched out and talked about that. Yes. Um, last time we had our full interview with Jillian Pensavale about, uh, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you heard maybe a good 20, 30 minutes of that chat in the podcast. Uh, we've got the full chat over on our Patreon right now. Um, and then next up, what we're going to do, we thought this might be fun. Give it a try. Cause there were so many extras on this one. 
and we didn't want to pad too much into here, we're going to consider that bonus content. Well, yeah, we'll watch, yeah, we'll watch them all and then we'll talk about it. And uh, yeah, so look out for that soon. That's what you're going to hear from us uh, coming up next on Patreon. And of course, there's content from all of the podcasts on the Mischief Media yes. Network there. New stuff every week. New stuff every week. You can join us in the Discord. To all of our existing patrons, thank you so much. Um, we're glad that you've you've joined us over there. And But on that note, Clancy, where can they find me on social media? Well, they can find you at Josh Watching TV. That's without the G on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Yarr. And if they so choose to find me on the internet, where would that happen? C-L-N-C-Y on Twitter and Instagram. That's Clancy. On Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> and of course, the show is everywhere at NonplusPod. Uh, we're on Twitter at NonplusPod and Insta at NonplusPod. Facebook, I think, is also NonplusPod. Um, and if you've got suggestions for movies you want us to watch, merch, stuff you like, questions, things Criticisms. we missed, things we got wrong, email yes. us suggestions at NonplusPod.com. More of Clancy's Film Theory Corner please email us again. That's suggestions at nonplussedpod.com. And then of course, as always rate review and subscribe. If you give us a punny five star review, we'll read it out on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anything else? I think that's it. Yeah. I do think that's it. Thank you all for listening. And, uh, we'll catch you next time. We'll catch you next time. But for now we are nonplussed. We're so nonplussed. We're not plus. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> well, it was awful because you were screaming it into the I mic. Know. I had the decency to turn away. Well, don't forget to check out Tavor on iOS and Android for your 100% independent resource for tasty and tantalizing craft brews. Just search Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your app store search to get $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Cheers. Bye. Bye.